in the previous episode, I gave you some tools to cope with the intense emotional experiences that you might be having lately during the lockdown. Then, last weekend, my YouTube video was to see what current struggles you guys are having, and thank you to all of you who shared in the comments. In this episode, I want to focus on managing boundaries in these challenging times. This content will help you deal with toxic people in ways that most support your health, safety, and sanity. I know some of you are currently living with toxic people. Some of you are alone but receiving communications from toxic people. And some of you are really lonely and maybe even thinking about contacting toxic people. Whatever your situation, I think you'll find something valuable in here. In this episode, you're going to get some helpful tools to manage your boundaries. I'm going to give you access for free to the third episode of my 12 weeks on a series on this topic. Part of this episode is a guided meditation to help you grow your self-awareness about where your limits are, to recognize the signs of boundary violation, and to help you create new boundaries. Even if you've never set a boundary in your life, by the end of this episode, you'll have the tools that you need to do so. If you've got boundaries, but you're realizing how drained you feel, then this episode will help you figure out where the toxicity is getting in so you can up-level your boundaries. Now, I've never given away this content for free, but it feels like the right thing to do right now as many of you are currently struggling with boundaries on top of the emotional intensity of the present times. This is Meredith Miller, and you're listening to the Inner Integration Podcast, where you can learn the mindsets and tools to self-heal after narcissistic abuse. Are you looking for a licensed therapist to help you in your recovery? As you probably know, I no longer offer one-on-one coaching sessions, so I've partnered with BetterHelp, an online portal of licensed therapists providing affordable therapy to you from the comforts and privacy of your home. You can talk with your therapist via video sessions, phone, chat, and online messaging. BetterHelp is available worldwide, and you can get matched the therapist within 24 hours. When you visit betterhelp.com backslash integration, you'll get 10% off your first month. You'll find the direct link in the show notes. That link will take you to their intake questionnaire, where you'll answer some questions about what you want to work on. Be sure to check the box for abuse and trauma so they can match you with a therapist who specializes in those areas. And if at any point you want to switch therapists, you can also do that at no additional charge. This episode is going to help you free up your energy from investment in toxic people. We can use all the energy we have to get through these challenging times. It's like when your financial budget is tight due to reduced income crisis. Those aren't moments to frivolously spend your money. Those are times to buckle down, figure out where you're wasting money, where you want to cut back on expenses and investments, and to create a new plan so you can get through the challenging times. You can think of money as a form of energy. So is emotion. During intense life experiences, emotion becomes magnified. Emotion contains power. And we must use this responsibly and invest it wisely. Grieving and trauma processing are normal during times like this. I went into detail about that in the last episode if you haven't heard that yet. 
In this episode, I want to help you avoid stacking more emotional issues that deplete your energy and cause you additional unnecessary trauma. This, of course, is the inevitability of dealing with toxic people and not setting the proper boundaries to protect yourself. While we can't control what other people say or do, we can, however, turn away from them and not give away our energy to them. You could spend this challenging time investing lots of energy and emotion in toxic people, or you could set new boundaries and redirect that energy toward building self-love and reconnecting with who you are. That choice is yours. You could feel tempted to drop your boundaries when the shit hits the fan because you're scared, lonely, confused, or in self-doubt. I encourage you to recognize that this is one of the most important times to manage your boundaries and even to up-level them. If you've noticed that you've been extra angry lately, this could mean that you've been letting someone cross the line without setting or enforcing a boundary. If you notice when you try to set boundaries that you come off as angry and aggressive, it might mean that you waited too long to set that boundary. Righteous anger lets us know that we have been violated in some way and we need to do something about that. Doing something is about setting new boundaries, not getting revenge or retaliating. Righteous anger is not the same as the toxic anger that you'll notice in manipulators who rage when they don't get what they want, like when you set a boundary, for example. Toxic anger is used to bulldoze your boundaries and extort what the manipulator wants from you. That's not the same as righteous anger. If you notice that you're feeling angry lately, check in with yourself and ask your inner being if you feel violated in some way. During the guided meditation part of this episode, you'll get to explore the signs of boundary violation from your experiences so you can learn to identify these signs in the moment and set boundaries in time to avoid a transgression. So here is the third episode of the 12-week Sana series, recorded in February 2016. So this week, tonight, is about mastering your boundaries to increase your self-esteem. And tonight we're going to talk about what boundaries are and why we need them, and what does self-esteem actually have to do with boundaries, how to create healthy boundaries so you can have a healthier sense of self-esteem, and how to set and enforce boundaries with with toxic people, which is a little bit special in terms of of setting boundaries with people in general. And then at the very end, we're going to go into a boundaries meditation that you might find very helpful as you're working to create healthier boundaries in your life. So having healthy boundaries is a key foundation of your self-identity, of your self-care and your self-work. It is not only the foundation of your relationship with yourself, but it's also the foundation of a healthy relationship with other people. Creating boundaries is about knowing and respecting your limits. It's about setting up protection for those limits. And the thing is that we all have limits and it's important to recognize where yours are. There's no shame in that. And if you don't set boundaries to protect those limits, then you can become the doormat that manipulators take advantage of because they know that they can. Creating boundaries is a way of ensuring your safety, of acknowledging your truth and speaking your truth. 
Um, if you were here a couple weeks ago, or if you listened to that recording, the first week we talked about truth and safety being the foundational components of the recovery process after the trauma of abuse. And creating boundaries is part of that self-empowerment process because in setting and enforcing your boundaries, you're taking responsibility for your beliefs, your needs, your thoughts, and your feelings. And you're also ensuring your safety with your boundaries, not only the physical safety, but also your psychological and spiritual sense of safety. And these limits are unique for each person, and it's important to recognize that. Your boundaries are going to be slightly different than the next person, and that's okay. And it's also really key to remember that you are the only gatekeeper of your boundaries. Only you get to decide where those are and why you have them. And working on your boundaries is a way of taking back control and power in your life. You have control over them. You're responsible to set them clearly and then to enforce them afterward. And you can decide maybe sometimes you want to be a little bit flexible about when you want to hold strong and and when you don't have to necessarily do that. So working with boundaries is more of like a trial and error process. And the thing about learning boundaries is that you learn through experiences that we'll call lessons in which someone either violates a boundary that you didn't know that you had or you set a, you know, a new boundary there, or someone violates a boundary where you kind of like took for granted that everyone else would have that same boundary and you didn't thought that you, you didn't think that you needed to make that like explicitly clear with them. So that's the thing about boundaries is that it's, it's something that you learn in practice. And a boundary is sort of like this invisible line where you end and where someone else begins. And it helps you to stop taking responsibility for someone else. It helps you to remember that you're not there to manage someone else's emotions and dramas or to get sucked into them. And that's the thing about, you know, if you have developed codependency patterns, which most of us have, those of us who ended up in relationships with narcissists, we kind of learned to manage someone else's emotions. We kind of learned that we don't have this this boundary between us and another person and we get sucked into that. So Boundaries helps you maintain a healthy sense of balance of both togetherness with a person, whether that's like a life partner or um, it could be someone that you work with or a neighbor or a friend or a parent or someone in your family. The balance of having that togetherness with them and then also having the individuality of each individual in that relationship. So boundaries helps you show others where your sacred space is so that they know not to violate it. So essentially, boundaries are a way of teaching others how to treat you. The process of creating boundaries is one in which you're going to definitely get to know yourself better. You're going to learn where your limits are because usually we don't know that we have a limit until someone else crosses that limit and hurts us. And you're going to learn how to take control of your space. You're going to develop greater self-esteem as you engage with reality in this way because you're exerting your right to take responsibility and control of yourself without letting someone else's needs and wants and feelings and beliefs and opinions to outweigh as more important than your own. 
And the thing is, if you've been in an abusive relationship, chances are you discovered that you have new boundaries or that you need to have new boundaries to protect your limits. And maybe some of those lessons were really painful. And unfortunately, that'll happen sometimes. If we don't know where our boundaries are, essentially, we allow experiences in which we have the opportunity to realize that. And in life, we always attract the mere opposite reflection. So if you have poor boundaries, you're going to attract someone else who abuses boundaries until you learn how to manage your boundaries better. And eventually you get to that point where like you really get it and you say, ah, okay, I need to have a boundary there because that didn't feel too good. And you learn something important, which is, you know what? I'm not going to compromise myself like that again. I'm going to go ahead and set a boundary there so I don't have to feel like that again. So the thing is that poor boundaries usually correlates with a low sense of self-esteem. Self-esteem is about your ability to engage with reality around you and then to notice the feedback of your efforts through reality. A low sense of self-esteem is like learned helplessness, where a person has learned through experiences with boundary abusers not to assert their own needs, feelings, and rights. And likely they've also learned guilt and shame about having limits and setting those boundaries. So again, this comes back to something that you learned, letting people take advantage of your boundaries. And if you grew up in a dysfunctional family, you likely learned unhealthy boundaries or you may not know how to have boundaries at all. Like a child who doesn't understand her right to have boundaries becomes pre-qualified as a victim of future abuse because he or she will not know how to say no or sometimes even recognize that something is wrong. And this is very common in childhood sexual abuse, but it can easily continue into adulthood, physical, psychological, and sexually abusive relationships. If you have poor boundaries, it's good to reflect upon how you were raised. So, for example, was your privacy continually invaded? Were your limits always crossed? Were you allowed to have boundaries at all? Did you have any sacred space in your room, in your house? And what happened when you enforced a boundary of yours or expressed that you didn't like how a boundary of yours was crossed? So now you need to unlearn that and to recognize that you have every right to take up your space and to claim your personal sacred space with your boundaries and to teach other people how to treat you with the respect that you know you deserve. And you might feel some guilt as you're starting to declare new boundaries, but remember that that guilt was taught to you. That was something that you learned probably in childhood and now as an adult you have every right to know your limits and protect yourself now. So creating boundaries is about deciding where your limits are and then protecting them. And this word decide, we often think it means to choose, but decide in its original form from Latin comes from two words which means to cut off. So deciding primarily, first of all, is about deciding what you need to cut off so that you can make room for the choices that you want to have in your life. And that's really what boundaries are about, you know, is like determining what you don't want before you know that what you really want. And if you think about dating, that's really what dating is about, right? Like you meet new people and maybe you meet a lot of people who aren't the right people, 
right? But at the very least, each person teaches you something about what you don't want. And each person helps you define what you want in your life and what you want to cut out of your life. And sometimes that helps you practice setting the boundary. You know, like say you decide you don't really want to see this person anymore. Maybe, you know, you've only gone on a couple dates. It's just, it's, it's not really connecting. You're seeing some similar patterns. You just don't want to go down that road. So you need to practice setting a boundary and that gives you that opportunity. And as you cut away more of what you don't want in your life, you continually create more space for what you do want, even if you don't know what you want yet. So how to set boundaries so you can have a healthy set of self-esteem? The important thing is to first give yourself permission to put yourself first. And I know for a lot of us who are coming from codependent patterns, it is really, really difficult to put yourself first because you, your nervous system has been trained for how many ever decades to put other people first. And if you got into an abusive situation as an adult, it's probably because you were putting that person first. You were putting their opinions, their needs, their feelings, their perceptions of reality before your own. So you need to define your sense of identity and protect that. Otherwise, you'll always look outward toward others to define you, to define who you are, and you'll likely draw in another perfect match, right, which is another abusive situation, someone to remind you that you're putting your attention outward, outside yourself, that you're allowing your identity to be defined by someone else or how they treat you versus finding that from inside. So practicing your boundaries is one of the best ways to build your self-esteem. And as you work through this, you're naturally going to feel better about yourself because not only are you respecting yourself more, so are other people. Not only do you know more about who you are, your identity, so do other people. And you will develop more confidence each time you do it because you know that you can do it again. And I think sometimes we confuse the word confidence, like self-confidence and self-esteem. These are slightly different concepts. Self-esteem is like your self-respect, how you feel about yourself, how you esteem yourself, right? Confidence, those words, when they come from Latin, confidence is confidere, which means with faith. Confidence means that you have the faith that you can do it because you already did it before, right? So as you do something once and then you do it again and again, you're gaining more and more confidence, more self-confidence because you know you did it before so you can do it again. So that's the difference between self-confidence and self-esteem. These boundaries that you're creating that are going to help you raise your self-esteem are to protect you from being manipulated, abused, used, and violated by people who are skilled manipulators. Your boundaries let other people know what's acceptable and what's tolerable for you and what is not. So I have nine tips here for you to set healthy boundaries in your life. And this is in general. This is not talking about toxic people. We're going to go to that next. This is nine tips for setting healthy boundaries. The first one is to be firm but flexible, right? That firmness lets people know that you're serious. This is not a joke. You're serious about this. But your flexibility in that knowing every situation you're getting into is slightly different than the other one. And every person that you meet is slightly different than the next person that you meet. 
Number two is trust yourself. Okay, you know yourself and your limits better than anyone else. Number three is set your boundary calmly yet confidently and don't feel the need to apologize for it or defend it. If your boundary sounds like, I'm sorry, but could you please do this and that? I'm sorry, but I'd really like if this and that, right? Just take out those words, I'm sorry, but. We don't need to include those. You don't need to apologize or be sorry or feel guilty or shame for knowing that you need to send this boundary, set this boundary. And if you backtrack on it, you know, then it's you're sending mixed messages to the other people and it gives them like a lot of wiggle room to take advantage of you because it's not really clear. Number four is communicate with compassion and respect and then let go of the other person's reaction. Their reaction is not your responsibility, okay? It's a whole other thing to be condescending, angry, and accusatory, and then say that it's the other person's problem. So the key word here is compassion, right? Communicate with compassion and then let go of their reaction. Number five is to realize that healthy people will respect your boundaries. And only those who respect your boundaries deserve a place in your close inner circle. Number six is communicate without blame, right? So instead of using you statements like you made me feel, change those into I feel statements like I feel this when you do that. That is part of taking 100% responsibility of your life. Number seven is use honesty through direct, explicit, and compassionate communication. There's this concept of radical honesty, right? And some people think, well, that just means you just say whatever. But radical honesty is not about being cruel. Radical honesty is about being compassionate. It's about expressing your truth directly and explicitly and compassionately. Number eight is to set consequences in advance for when someone violates your boundaries because it will happen. For example, you can say something like, you know, if you choose to continue doing whatever that thing is, I won't accept it any longer. And you don't need to go into ultimatums and you definitely don't want to threaten the other person. It's simply enough to say that you won't accept it anymore. And the thing is that you need to be very clear with yourself and what action you're going to take if that person continues to do that, if they choose to continue to violate your boundaries. So what does that mean for you? You know, what is that consequence? Does it mean you're going to break up with that person? Does it mean you're going to move out? Does it mean you're going to leave your job if it was like, you know, your boss or your coworker? You need to be very clear about the consequence with yourself and the other person. And if you don't follow through, you're not respecting yourself. And you're sending that message to your inner being that you're not really serious about your boundaries. And not only will those boundaries be abused again and again, but your self-esteem goes down and down and down because you're not respecting yourself. You're not following through. So you need to set the consequence and stick to it. Number nine is use your feelings as a barometer of your truth and your limits. 
So keep coming back to you. This is how you know where your limits and your boundaries are, is the feeling. The feeling will always tell you. Maybe the feeling is discomfort, right? Something doesn't feel good. It just, it just feels icky and, and uncomfortable. Something's not right. Or maybe later, you know, you're just thinking and thinking and thinking about it and you start to have resentment towards that person, right? And then that sets you back and that just keeps things negative with you. But that feeling of resentment is a clue that something wasn't right. There was a boundary that was crossed and maybe you are not aware that you have a boundary there and you need to take a look at that. So always come back to that feeling. The feeling will always tell you if everything is okay or if it's not okay. So that's how to set boundaries in general. Now, setting boundaries with toxic people is a little bit different. It's kind of like what we call next level work, right? Healthy people respond respectfully to your boundaries. They say, oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize that you had, I will definitely honor that boundary. And next time they do something different, right? They show you the respect that you asked from them. Unhealthy people respond with all kinds of emotional manipulation and they will continue to test you until you either cave in and give them what they want or until you finally decide to cut them off for your own sanity and well-being. And one aspect of creating boundaries is about getting rid of the toxic people in your life to create more space for what you really want and to free up your energy for creative purposes. Or, you know, if you're not ready to cut them off entirely, then at least setting up new healthy parameters to have limited contact with the toxic people that are still going to be in your life you will have so much more energy and motivation and passion to channel into all of your creative endeavors when you are not wasting it on toxic people that become like energy vampires in your life, just draining away everything that you got. Or the toxic thought patterns of obsession with some person who's actually abusing you. Or the self-doubt that can become like a neurological prison hijacking your inner resources and wasting them in this endless negative feedback loop. I can't stress that enough, like the amount of energy that you will free up in your life that you can use in different ways when you're not investing it in toxic people. So the question for you then is, you know, do you want to cut off contact entirely with this person or do you want to set new limits on the contact so that you can maintain the relationship while also honoring your boundaries? And I think this is a case by case situation. So I'm going to talk about both of them. The first one is cutting off. When, when do you need to cut someone off and how to do it? And when you're going to cut off a person, it's because like you just realize you absolutely cannot have this person in your life. They, they are not healthy in the least bit. They're not integral to your life. It's, it's not a relative that's really important to you to maintain this relationship. You're not forced to continue working or dealing with this person on an everyday basis. Maybe you only know them a couple weeks, a couple months, a couple years. That's the easiest person to move out of your life. And when you do this, if this person is a toxic person, if it's an, an emotional manipulator, if it's a narcissist, a psychopath, a sociopath, you need to do this as gently and with as much grace as possible. You need to allow this person to save ego 
as much as possible. And I know that sounds like a cop-out, but the reality is that if this is a narcissist and you call them out directly, they will likely become aggressive and potentially even violent. They will step up their efforts to attack you and you'll end up wasting so much energy on defending yourself or fighting back or just trying to deflect this and to hold your ground amidst this storm of chaos that's coming at you. And it's important to recognize that the narcissist has a very fragile ego and, and you kind of have to allow them to save that ego so that you just, you don't have to waste so much energy in that and so that you don't have to worry about your safety because it could get really aggressive and violent. The best way to get away from a narcissist, a psychopath, a sociopath is to sneak away. You need to plan your escape thoroughly. So you need to know when they're not going to be there, when they're not going to be present or aware of you leaving, and you need to walk away quietly. And you might want to employ help, particularly family and friends, you know, who really love and trust you so that you don't feel alone and so that you know that you're safe. So, you know, maybe, you know, like maybe you're living with this person and you know, like they're going to go to work and, and they're not going to be there for several hours. And that's the opportunity for your family and friends to come and help you move your stuff out and just get out. And they don't even know. And they come home later and they discover that you're gone. And yeah, they're going to feel abandoned. And yeah, they're going to blame you. And yeah, they're going to say all kinds of things. But the reality is that you had to put yourself first to get out of there. That was a really toxic situation. It was unhealthy for you. You couldn't keep staying there. And you figured it out and you realized that the only way to get away safely was to sneak away. So don't make a big deal of it. Don't tell them why you're cutting them off. Don't tell them why you're leaving. Don't tell them that you're leaving, right? Because that can lead to them becoming aggressive or violent. And the hard part here is that your ego is going to want to like tell them, you know, I'm leaving because you did this and, and that was an awful thing to do. And I'm really hurt. You're going to want to be right, right? You're going to want to win. But as we talked about a couple weeks ago, this narcissistic abuse game is set up for your failure. It's not set up for you to win. You're always going to lose that battle, and the only way to win is to leave. So you're going to have to tell your ego to calm down. You're not going to win this fight, but actually you are. That winning is getting away. It's winning is getting away safely and freely and moving on with your life. Now, if you're not living with this person, it's much easier, right? You can block their number from sending you SMS, text messages, or phone calls. You can delete them and block them on Facebook and other forms of social, social media. Maybe you can block their emails through your email provider. And, and I would recommend that you go to all lengths to delete and block this person. And, and maybe some kind of communication will come through. Maybe there was something you didn't think of, or maybe, you know, they found another phone to call you from, or they created a face, fake, face, fake Facebook profile, you know, to, to get into your, your Facebook and, and contact you that way. But my suggestion is don't read that. Don't listen to it. As soon as you know that's what's happening, delete it. 
delete it before opening, before reading it, because connecting with their words is going to trigger your emotions, right? Remember, this person is an expert at knowing exactly how to trigger your emotions and your vulnerabilities. And it might be that they do it through appreciation and flattery and seeming kindness, you know, but then you fall into the trap again of like the nice and mean cycle, or maybe they're just flat out, you know, mean and aggressive. And then you just get really angry one way or another. They're going to trigger your emotions. It's not going to go well. And it's best not to even look at it. You know, the temptation to look at it is going to be very strong. Right. So this is a boundary that you need to set with your own self. And I'm telling you this because I have made this mistake so many times. The temptation to read that, the temptation of, well, maybe this person changed. Maybe this, you know, or just, you know, maybe you just really want to know what's going on. Don't do it. Don't do it. The cutting a person off is like the hardest decision to make if you still love this person, right? And it's also the easiest boundary to compromise yourself later when you miss them and, and you really, really want to see them or hear from them. And then suddenly you do, and then you forget, you know, and then you compromise yourself because of that temptation. So going no contact, as psychologists say, you know, cutting a person off, a toxic person is a boundary that you are setting primarily with yourself, with yourself. Okay. The, ne the next option is, you know, if you want to maintain the relationship, but you know that because this person is toxic, you need to set new limits, new parameters for that relationship. So, um, maybe for some reason, you know, you're just not ready to leave this person yet. Right. And that's okay. We've all been there. We've all been in these relationships or we, we know this person's not really good for us that we know that they're toxic, we just can't leave yet, right? But we need to set new boundaries for them to stop abusing us the way they are. Maybe um, you have to maintain a relationship with this person due to the practicality of sharing co-parenting, you know, of a child or multiple children, or maybe because this person is a boss or a coworker and you cannot leave that job yet, or maybe because it's a parent, it's either your parent or the parent of your partner. And, and you want this person to have some relationship with you and with your children in your life. And the thing is, it is entirely up to you if you want to maintain a relationship with a toxic person, with any person or not. However, you know that if this person is an emotional manipulator, you need to be very, very clear about your boundaries and you need to set new boundaries every time you realize that that person has violated another one of your limits. You need to be on this game because if you're not on top of that, that person is going to gain more and more and more power and control over you and you're going to end up being a doormat and you're going to end up just feeling devastated, right? And, and sucked dry, drained of all your energy. So practicing boundary setting and enforcement with toxic people is kind of like baptism by fire. You will learn to master your boundaries like never before because your opponent is mighty. That is a very strong opponent. So you're definitely going to learn how to set boundaries. That's going to be a powerful teacher, 
right? And as you change your patterns and boundaries, that relationship will change because the other person is going to have to adjust to your new boundaries about what you're going to tolerate and what you're not going to tolerate. So as you change, your relationship will change. And the first thing is that you have to know what your new limits are. And likely, you know, you're going to do that. You're going to learn that through your interactions with that person where certain patterns keep repeating. And then you're like, something's not right here. What is it? Oh, okay. That's a limit. That's a limit. I need to protect that limit. I need to not allow that person to cross it. And then there must be the consequences to the violation of your boundaries. Otherwise, it's like you're rewarding that person for breaking your boundaries, right? So if you, for example, say no phone calls after a certain time, or you say that you're unavailable for the person to stop by your house when they ask to, or if you say that you're going to bed for the night, good night, right? And then after all that, the person texts or calls you or shows up anyways when you said not to, do not respond. Okay, because if you respond in that moment, if you pick up and you're like, hey, I told you not to call me, don't do it. If you respond at all, you are rewarding them for their disregard, their disrespect of a boundary that you set up, right? Because any attention is good attention for them. They don't care if it's negative and, and you're upset and you're angry or if you're just really happy to see them. Either way, you're rewarding them. For breaking that boundary. So that's the moment where you're being tested and they will test you. They will absolutely test your boundaries. So if you reward them for abusing your boundaries, they're going to learn that they can get away with that and they can keep taking more and more and more. And again, your self-esteem plummets because you feel out of control. You feel violated. You feel disrespected and powerless. So you need to enforce your boundary to take back your power. If a person responds to your new boundary with anger or indignation, then you know that you're dealing with a boundary abuser because that person feels that his or her needs and wants are more important than yours. And they expect you to cave in and give in on your boundaries because they're not happy with those parameters. They're not getting out of that what they want. So that, that's a clue. When someone gets angry and indignant that you've set a boundary, you know that's an abusive person because a non-abusive person is not going to get angry. They're, maybe they need to like understand how to work around that boundary now, but they're definitely not going to be angry and indignant. If a person makes you feel guilt or shame for setting a boundary that they don't like, again, you're dealing with an emotional manipulator. And they might say things to trick you like, you're making me feel so unwelcome or I have never treated you that way, right? You've probably heard these things and you know that you need to be really strong to remember it is not your job to manage their feelings. You need to manage your safety and your well-being first and foremost, so never mind all that noise that they're saying, you need to take care of you. That is your number one responsibility. As you engage with others and the reality around you, you're getting feedback from people and from reality, and you can learn more about your limits, your boundaries, your needs, your desires, and how you're conveying that to others. Right? So if you look at the process of developing healthier boundaries as a series of lessons, 
you'll always learn something, even from the most challenging and hurtful and disappointing experiences. And there will be those along the way. And the thing is that you can always keep coming back for more and you'll always have more learning opportunities, right? But once you understand the lesson and you're ready to graduate that level, you get it. You're like, okay, yeah, got the lesson. I don't want to learn that anymore. I want to graduate that lesson. And you say, enough. If you continue to stay beyond that point and you keep going back for more, you can pretty much call that masochism. Okay, that's a form of self-punishment. That's when you realize you're done. You don't want that. You said enough, but then you went back for more. So you need to take a look at that, right? And, you know, maybe someone asks you something sometimes and you're not really immediately sure if you want to do it, if you want to say yes or no, or, you know, if you want to get involved. And in that situation, when you're not sure, that's a sign that you need to take a step back and you need to tell that person, I'll get back to you on that. I'll get back to you on that. And then take some time alone to reflect right? Because think about it. How many times have you ever made a decision in the moment? Maybe you felt a little bit of pressure or like you just didn't really reflect it over. And then later you wished you'd taken more time to reflect. You wished you'd given a different answer, right? So when you're not sure, I'll get back to you on that. When you don't want to do something because it doesn't feel right, or it goes against your values, or you would be overextending yourself to do so, in those situations, you need to learn to say no. And if you can't say no, people will always take advantage of you. You'll be that person that they'll say, oh, you know, so-and-so, they just, they never say no. Go ahead and and tell them to do it. You know, all that extra work at work, just give it to that person because they don't say no right? And the thing is that there are some people whose superpower is is like the way they imposition themselves on other people until that person says yes, right? And the thing is, these people are your greatest teachers of boundaries and learning to say no, because they will push and push and push, and you'll have to stand up and say no, right? And remember, you can always breathe three times before responding, So right now, I'm going to invite you to do a boundary self-awareness meditation. Um, This is going to help you get back in touch with your intuition to cultivate that observer perspective that we've been talking about so that you don't get trapped and caught, as we say, like a deer in headlights, because that's what the manipulator wants. They want to catch you off guard by surprise and loop you into that drama, right? So by cultivating that observer, the witness perspective, you're not involved directly in the drama. You're just watching the drama happen, right? And so by practicing your meditation, you're going to develop more and more of that observer, that witness awareness. And you're also going to learn how to identify your limits, whether those are physical, psychological, or spiritual, and to enforce them and protect them through boundaries. I invite you to go ahead and get comfortable. Go ahead and close your eyes and start taking some deep breaths. Inhaling fresh new energy, clean and clear, and exhaling all of the old toxic energy. Taking some deep, gentle breaths and feeling your body and mind just relax deeper with each breath that you're taking. 
And now from this place of relaxation, I invite you to think about being with someone in your life who might be abusing your boundaries. How do you feel during and after your interactions with that person? Do you feel exhausted, drained, maybe low energy, down on yourself? What does it feel like in your body, in mind? Maybe you feel uncomfortable or anxious, stressed, tense. Maybe you don't feel safe or respected or appreciated. Have you felt like this with this person before? Was that not the first time? Have you felt like this with other people before? When was the first time, if you think back and reflect, the first time that you remember feeling like this? You might notice that this is a repeating pattern in your life. And reflecting on these experiences will help you gain the self-awareness of where your limits are. Discomfort that you feel in the moment or later as you're reflecting and rehashing these events, flashbacks that happen, resentment that builds later, this all means that you allowed your limits to be crossed. And that's a clue where you need to set a new boundary to protect yourself. And now that you know how your body and mind recognizes toxicity and boundary abuse, recognize these signs, the feeling that you have in your body and in your mind as a security alarm, like a warning that you're compromising your well-being and safety, that your energy is leaking, that your limits have been crossed. Remember this feeling that your body and mind are communicating to you because this unique language lets you know when your limits have been crossed. I invite you to look a little deeper at what specifically is bothering you about what happened in those situations. What is the pattern? Is it the way they disrespected your time, your body, your feelings, your opinions, something that you did? What specific limit did they cross?
And how could you approach that differently the next time that someone does that so that you don't compromise your well-being and safety? How could you use direct, explicit communication with compassion to communicate this boundary to another person before it gets to the point where they've crossed that limit. Imagine yourself doing this now. And if you look at the bigger patterns, is there a particular area of your life where you notice that you have weak boundaries or difficulties protecting yourself? For example, it might be around trust or intimacy or sex or money. Is there a bigger pattern, a certain area where you feel you have this weakness in your life? And what is one new boundary that you could establish in that area of your life starting tomorrow? How will you teach others to respect that boundary? How could you enforce that boundary if someone tries to abuse it? Imagine yourself setting and enforcing that boundary effortlessly, assertively, with confidence and compassion. Take a moment to check in with your mind and body now. Notice how you feel. Do you feel more empowered? Do you feel more clear about your boundaries? Do you feel stronger sense of self-esteem? If not, I invite you to spend more time with this exercise daily. You can listen to the recording later so that you can build your sense of self-esteem as well as your proficiency in setting and enforcing boundaries and recognizing when your boundaries are being abused so you can swiftly deal with it in the moment and not feel drained, hurt,
taken advantage or beaten down later. So as you're ready, go ahead and take a deep breath and start wiggling your fingers and toes, opening your eyes and bringing your awareness back to your physical surroundings. So to sum up tonight, boundaries are like a protector of your values. They protect what matters to you and what you love. Boundaries help you maintain a sense of personal, emotional integrity, as well as physical. And if you don't respect your boundaries, others won't respect you or your boundaries. So set your boundaries and give other people the opportunity to see if they're capable of honoring your boundaries. Be explicitly clear in the communication of your boundaries and always with compassion. If they're still not capable of respecting your boundaries, let them go. Stop following people who don't care about you, your feelings, your thoughts, your needs and perceptions. Because in doing so and allowing those people to continually do that to you, you're sending a message to your being, your inner being of low self-worth. You're telling your inner being that that's all you deserve, that you don't deserve people to treat you with the love and the respect that you know you want. So see how people are responding to your new boundaries when you set them. It's a learning process, and you'll discover more about yourself and others along the way. And here's the thing to remember. You know, as long as someone else is abusing you slightly less than the amount that you abuse yourself, you're going to stay and put up with it, right? When you realize that you're with people who don't respect you, and you know that you respect yourself enough to not allow someone to treat you that way, you move on. So really, setting boundaries is about deciding your own self-worth and your own self-respect. And once you decide that you're worth more respect, it's really clear when someone else isn't capable of giving you that respect. And that realization alone is enough to make your heart know that it's time to walk away. I had a Persian friend, a woman around the age of my mom, who told me years ago, stop allowing people to walk through your temple with dirty shoes. That was a big one for me. So how do you know what's working? When you set new boundaries, how do you know that this working? You feel good. It's that simple. You feel like you respect yourself. You love yourself. Your self-esteem feels good. You have a healthy amount of energy and focus and passion and motivation. You feel good about who you are, right? It's that simple. And remember, you can always stop and breathe three times before responding in the moment. You can breathe more than that. You can take the time to get back to someone later if you feel like you need more time to reflect. Realize that you matter. You matter. Your feelings, your thoughts, your needs, your perceptions are important. Your boundaries are valid and you're allowed to have them. In fact, you need to have boundaries to protect yourself and what's important to you. I also want to offer you the free worksheets that come with this episode of the 12 Week Sana series. You'll find the direct link to the PDF download in the show notes. Just click on that link and it will allow you to download the worksheets that accompany this episode. Of course, if you want the other 11 audio episodes plus the PDF worksheets for each one, check out the 12-week Sana series. The link is in the show notes and you'll also find it on the homepage, innerintegration.com. In this episode, I had mentioned how boundaries affect your self-esteem. Because four years ago, when I recorded this course, 
I didn't realize the difference between self-worth and self-esteem. There is a difference. Both of these are part of the four pillars of recovery. If you still haven't got my free report on the four pillars of recovery after narcissistic abuse, you can get that download link in the show notes. It all starts with self-worth, and your self-worth is only as strong as your boundaries. If you want to do deeper work on creating new boundaries, in Rebuilding Self-Worth, I give you a step-by-step guide on identifying your values, then setting up standards and boundaries to protect what most matters to you. That's a one-hour video course with PDF worksheets. You'll also get the Q&A video where you'll get to hear the questions asked by the participants and my answers when this course was given live in 2019. I hope this episode was helpful for you and I hope you'll explore these additional resources if you want to delve deeper into your self-care work around setting and maintaining boundaries. You can use this time at home to up-level your boundaries and grow your self-worth in the process. That way, when this is over, you'll come out of this experience stronger and more empowered. Plus, When you stop giving your energy away to toxic people, you're going to have so much more energy that you can use for something creative and purposeful in your life. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Inner Integration Podcast. I hope you learned something today that helps you to see from a new perspective and to start using new tools so you can take action and transform your life after narcissistic abuse. Remember, you are enough. You matter and you got this. If you liked this episode and want to hear more, subscribe to get automatic updates on new podcast episodes as they're released. Visit us online at innerintegration.com where you get instant access to a free quick start guide to recovery after narcissistic abuse upon entering your name and email. You'll also find their digital courses that have already helped thousands of people move through the self-healing process. Get loads more free inner integration content to help you heal after narcissistic abuse on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Big hug to you.